I try to help people figure out who they are with no expectations because I just have such compassion for wasted talent and helping people not become that. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we're going to have a really cool discussion with our guest today. His name is David Drebin. He is a graduate of the Parsons School of Design in New York City. He's a multidisciplinary artist working in various art forms, producing limited edition works, including photographs, light boxes, neon light installations, diamond dust works, which I don't know what that is, but he's going to tell me, and more. Uh, the cool thing about David is he's released a number of books, seven books. He's been featured in the media in places like Business Insider, Maxim L, Playboy, and GQ. His work combines voyeuristic and psychological viewpoints in a unique manner, offering the viewer a dramatic insight into emotions and experiences, which many of us have doubtlessly felt at some point in our lives. We don't get a lot of artists on the daily helping, so this is going to be a cool one. David, welcome to the show. It is awesome to have you here. Thank you for the introduction. So I there's a lot of pressure here, right? It's uh we're gonna have a we're gonna have a neat talk. So as I said, I don't do a lot of artists, but you have been doing some really interesting things around the world. And I, I want to hear your story a bit. So let's jump into the David Drebin uh DeLorean. Let's go back in time. Uh, how'd you get on the journey you're on today? It started in 1992 when I was an actor at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City. And I realized that I was the worst actor in my class and that I knew I was a creative person and I wanted to be on the other side of the camera. By realizing that I was on the other side of the camera, I realized I wanted to be on the other side of the camera. And that's when I, I spontaneously found photography when I was actually living in Vancouver after a summer at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, when my roommate was taking photography classes and I thought he was the biggest loser in the world that he was all creative and he wanted to be an artist. Then one day he came home and he showed me all these photographs that he took of his coworkers. And it was like my aha moment in basically 1991. And at that moment, I said to myself, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to be a photographer and it's over. It's like, I just knew instantly on the spot. Once I saw those photographs jump off, off the page. And so from there, you went on to, you're doing some of the most creative and, and interesting art and your art is featured all over the world in some of these fine galleries. How did you get from that point? It's like, boom, I'm a photographer to that essentially a global stage, because that's what's what you have. 
I don't really feel like there's ever really a there. You're always in the process of getting there. You're never at the top of the mountain. You're always climbing the mountain. So for me, it's just all about finding your purpose. And whenever I meet people, I always think how much compassion I have for wasted talent. And I don't want to be wasted talent. And I think everybody has a talent. Everybody has a purpose. And it's about finding out what that purpose is and what your talent is and really searching deep within you to find what your purpose is in life. So I don't really think about the results and all the shows and all the books. I think about the people I've met along the way and being grateful that I was able to find my purpose and, and to love the process because there's no final destination. I think that's so interesting, right? It's And in a way... We we think about success as very linear, right? Like people in the United States in particular, right? Like you climb the ladder or you plant a flag, but you're right. Like it's 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 the journey, right? It's more about the journey. But something you said that's very interesting, and I and I think it certainly resonate with anybody listening to this, it's about purpose. So you've encountered a ton of artists and you probably bring a different perspective. We've had a lot of people on the show over the years who are business leaders and who come from that kind of traditional mold of success, but you're an artist. So you bring a really unique set of eyes to this. So for you, if somebody's listening to this and they'd be saying, Hey, David, I don't know how to find my purpose. I don't know how to identify the talent. I don't know how to, turn that into reality, what would you say to that person? Well, I think that when you're young, you have to try a lot of different things. And I tried a lot of different things that I was really, really bad at. And being bad at certain things made me realize that I was better at other things. For example, I worked as a waiter for many years in a restaurant because I realized I can't cook, even though I love to eat. I could be a maitre d', but I'm not ready to do that yet. I'm not a busboy. And I'm... I'm not the bookkeeper in the back. I'm going to be the waiter. And that's how I learned how to be a waiter, by realizing that I wasn't other things in a restaurant. And it's kind of the same thing with finding photography. I I knew I was creative. I tried acting. I realized I was a bad actor. I tried singing, and I realized I wasn't a great singer. I tried dancing, and I realized I wasn't a great dancer, except when I'm by myself with nobody watching. And it it just hit me. It was like an aha moment in the early 90s. And I just saw my whole career flash in front of me. The thing is, it never turns out the way you think it's going to turn out. But as long as you're on the right path to a destination that you never actually arrive at, then you're on the right path to a destination that really is infinity because the possibilities are endless. So I found my purpose by actively searching for it and trying different things. I even went to cooking school, but I didn't have the patience to make a dish for three hours that I would eat in three minutes. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. No chance. I'd rather eat someone else's food. So I tried many different things. And then I evolved from photography. I started out as a photographer. Then I made neons. And then I made sculptures. And then I, now I make diamond dust prints where we sprinkle diamond dust on the actual photographs that all come from my imagination. So I'm constantly reevaluating my mission and my purpose. But when I meet other people, I'm trying to help them find what their purpose is because there's nothing worse than wasted talent. Wasted talent upsets me deeply because everybody has a talent. 
You just have to dig deep to find out what that is and what your value is to the world. You said something that was really interesting, and I want to tease that out. So helping people find their mission and their purpose. A lot of people would say those are exactly the same thing. Uh, what, what's your take on that? No, first, I think you have to find your purpose, and then you have to seek out the mission to fulfill your purpose. I don't think mission and purpose are the same. Or you have a mission to find your purpose, or you have a purpose to find your mission. <laughs> they, kind of, they kind of go together as a bit of a riddle. They really do. They're not the same, but they go together. It's like salt and pepper. I, the, the analogy floating around my head was, was chocolate and peanut butter, but I, I'll, I'll take that. So if, if, if one is to then, you know, f- for you, so what is your mission today? Because it's missions can shift. So what, what are you focusing on? I'll tell you. On? The reason why I love doing podcasts, and I do a lot of podcasts, is I do them not to talk about myself and all the success and all the books. It's not really about that because no one really cares. People care about how you can affect them and make them feel. So I love to do podcasts to inspire even one person in the world to believe in themselves and fight and chase their dreams. That's why I do podcasts. And that is now part of my purpose and my mission. Would you have in 1991 envisioned that as part of your purpose? No, because because then I was struggling to find my life jacket. And now I feel like I'm on the boat looking at other people with life jackets on. And there's a lot of people out there right now with life jackets on. Yeah, but that's how I look at it. Like when you're when you're when you're struggling to find your own life jacket, you're not thinking about someone else in their life jacket. But when you're on the boat and you see other people struggling to find their life jackets, you can help those people figure out a way to float and find themselves. It's not like I'm a sa- I have a savior complex, but I love to help people understand themselves better. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I was I was once told by an instructor that if you were in the mental health space, so if you're a therapist, if you're a psychologist, whatever, there's a little part of you that has to have that savior complex. It has to have that narcissistic flair, if you will, because you, you know you're basically declaring to the world that I'm so good, I'm going to help you fix your problems. But it's interesting because there. It's not necessarily no. so. Yeah. Well, you, you know the story about the scorpion and the frog? Yes. Yeah. The parable. But tell it because, you know, somebody might Well, basically, know. a frog is about to swim across the lake and the scorpion says, can you give me a ride? And the frog says, well, I could give you a ride, but I'm afraid you're going to sting me and you're going to kill me. And the scorpion says, I would never do that. So the frog says, hop on. And halfway across the river or the lake, doesn't matter. The scorpion stings the frog and the frog is about to die. And right before the frog dies, the frog says, how could you sting me? I'm about to die. And the scorpion says, that's my nature. I look at people the same way. I don't try to save anybody. I try to help people figure out who they are with no expectations because I just have such compassion for wasted talent and helping people not become that. That should be your next book, I think. What, what should it be called? Hey guys. 
Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. Something about wasted talent. I mean, it's uh, you've said well, you know, it three my times. Next book, my, ne- my next book is actually called Flirting with Danger. Okay. Which is another way of saying, don't waste your talent. Yeah. It's the same thing. Don't waste your talent. It's like flirting with danger because you're flirting with danger psychologically if you don't find out what your purpose is in life because you'll always be unhappy if you don't have a purpose and a mission. You just will. Because the most important relationship you're ever going to have is really with yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you can't love somebody else. This is, this is so true. I, I, I've had people on the show who, who have talked about this, but you know, nobody goes to their deathbed saying, I wish I spent more time you know, doing something I didn't love, right? I wish I spent less time with the people that matter to me. So flirting with danger is such a provocative title. So tell us, so number one, when's the book coming out? I'd love to, to know a little bit more about it. Oh, I, I have a publisher in Germany called Tenois, and we've done seven books together. This is our eighth book together, and it's coming out in the spring. And I'm literally meeting with my production team after our call to finalize all the images. But I really believe that people are flirting with danger with themselves if they're not honest with themselves. So it's really a metaphor. Of so many things I look for in people. Like I can meet someone and say, hey, how are you doing? That's, that's normal. But if I met someone and said, hey, listen, are you, um, are you flirting with danger? They think you're crazy. So I can call a book flirting with danger. But in my mind, everyone I meet, I'm thinking to myself, are you flirting with danger? How are you doing right now? Are you flirting with danger? That's what I really want to say. That's what I really want to say to people. So instead, I'm just going to make a book, Flirting with Danger. It, it, well, certainly that would make for a fascinating icebreaker. So give us a little, I, I mean, I, we've got like the high level overview, but give us uh, a sneak peek into some of the content of the book, because I, I thought your strategy, the way you describe, you know, try, try stuff and find stuff that you're just not good at. Like if you, you know, you weren't a good dancer, you weren't a good actor, singer, um, but you found photography. So that's a really awesome way to kind of tease out what what makes you, what you're not great at, so you can find out what you're really good at. But what are some other strategies? What are some of the other things that people are going to get out of the book when they read it? I'd love to hear about it. Well, well, first of all, it's a book of photographs. And I really want people, when they look at my books, to imagine the books that they could make more than the books that I make. That's how I actually think. Because people always ask me, how did you do this? And my answer is how do you do what you do? Because I'm far more interested in what you do than sharing what I do because I live with myself all day, every single day. So when I meet other people, I'm really interested in how they flirt with danger in their own lives and what kind of risks they take because no risk, no fun. So flirting with danger for me is the same as saying no risk, no fun. And being an entrepreneur is risky. 
but I love taking risks because without risks, what a boring life you're going to have with wasted talent being boring. David, we this has been such a recurrent theme. You've said this, uh, you know, four or five times, and I think it's so so important. But I, I'd like to, and I know that your focus is getting people on the the boat, right? The people who are floating in the water with the life jackets on. But I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit. You know, you're you're known for having these works of art that really draw people into emotions, right? To that they can experience emotions. So, and I know for somebody listening to this in their car. That's challenging, right? Because they don't have the visual. But uh, you know, you're using photography and, and some other art mediums, but as as your vehicle for connecting people with emotions. Could you share a little bit about that? Because that's so interesting to me. Well, when people walk by windows, they often look in the window to see their own reflection. And I saw so much of that growing up that I thought maybe I could make artworks where people can see themselves in the art. So I like to make photographs where people can look at the image and see themselves in the image itself. If the image doesn't evoke some sort of emotion and it's just about beauty and not a feeling, then it wasn't a successful image to me. A successful image to me is one that evokes some sort of emotion, makes someone feel something, whether they love it or whether they hate it. But there's nothing worse than indifference. So I'm an emotionally intelligent person, I think. I understand other people's emotions. I like to surround myself with compassionate, empathetic people because we're just walking emotions. We're all just walking emotions. That's all we are. So I make the art so we can imitate life. And you described yourself as an entrepreneur, which I which I love. And you know, you talked about taking risks. You talked about you know purpose. We've talked about wasted talent. I mean, these are. It, it's so easy to see the tapestry of your mission, of your purpose, a, as we're talking. I'd like to ask uh, what were because I think this is helpful in, in finding one's purpose. Along the way, what were some of the hardest and most important lessons that you've learned as part of your journey so far? Well, I think that you can never really take anyone at face value. I think you have to give people time to figure out if they're tricky or if they're honest. And, and what I've learned is how to spot tricky people much faster than when I first started. And the greatest lesson for me is actually slow to hire, quick to fire, as opposed to quick to hire, slow to fire. It's probably, that's one of my best lessons. That's a tough one. And I think that ties into what you just said before that is you got better with time at being able to spot, these are my words, not yours, disingenuous people, giving people time to find out, you know, who's tricky and who's, who's on the level. I'm curious, was, was that just age with wisdom or were there, you know, ta- you know, act practical strategies that you taught yourself how to do that? Or did you just trust your gut? I think there was, if there was a book on how to be a, an artist and how to make a living as a successful artist or an entrepreneur, all of this would be in the book. This is not unique to David Drebin. This is unique to people who take chances, people who take risks, 
and people who navigate the world, which is everybody. So, I mean, I like to think to myself, I don't like to admit this very much, but I, I love all experiences. I, I don't lose, I learn. So there are, there are good experiences, there are bad experiences. I, I learn way more from my bad experiences, but my thinking always is I love all, but I trust you. But even the ones who backstabbed me, betrayed me, said things behind my back, I only have compassion for people like that because people are just people. We're just walking emotions. So I love everybody. I just don't trust that many. And I'm not being cynical. I'm just being realistic. I think that's very, in a way, it's, there's a part of you that's closed off, but I love that, you know, you, it's this unconditional love, even for the people that have, you know, that have done you harm. And I think that's a hard thing for people to balance a lot of times, you know, the, well, let me just, let me put it this way. If I'm walking down the street and I hit a rock by accident, I step on a rock. I'm not going to get mad at the rock. And I kind of look at people like inanimate objects also. It's my fault. I stepped on the rock. I didn't see the rock. Next time I'll keep my eyes open a little bit more. I've also stepped off a curb and broken my foot before, which is an incredible experience because I actually got mad at the curb briefly. I looked at the curb and I was like, you, but I realized it was an inanimate object. And I kind of look at people that way when, when they do things I don't like. I look at them like they're just inanimate objects and they didn't mean it. And, and I don't take it personally. I didn't take it personally against the curb when I walked off a curb and I had a Jones fracture and I couldn't walk for a hundred days at Astor Place and Broadway in New York City. I briefly got mad at the curb and then I realized it's just an inanimate object. That's how I look at people as well. It's just life. You have such a, a unique and it's refreshing. It's such a refreshing philosophy. You know, forgiveness is such a hugely important thing. Being able to be, but yet, you know, there's even in, in the idea, you know, somebody might hear, you know, slow to hire, quick, to, quick to fire. There, there may be some that take objection to that, but even so, like it's, I, I can sense that everything about you is, you know, enveloped in compassion and passion. And so I think that's unique and, and, and certainly rare. Um, so the book is coming out this spring. Um, what else do we need to know about David Drebin that's very exciting, that's on your horizon, that we should be aware of and excited about? I think when people go to daviddrebin.com or they go to my Instagram at David Drebin, I think they should see themselves in the work and see the possibilities for what they can do as well. So. I just hope that when people look at me, they see themselves because all people ever really see is themselves. You know, many years ago, I used to have this girlfriend and I wouldn't say, I love you. I would say, I love myself with you. And I think that people deep down are really looking for that feeling of not, I love you, but I love myself with you. That's so awesome. If two sense. people are together, if two people are together, and for years and years they say to each other, I love myself with you, then they'll have a great relationship. But if one person says, I love you, and the other says, I love me too, it's gonna end. Because the only way any relationships ever work between two people is to think about the other person first. 
and to think, I love myself when I'm with you. And so the other person can mirror you and say, I love myself when I'm with you too. So when people look at my work, I hope they see themselves in the work. So beautifully said. We might have just done this because that was one of the coolest things I've ever heard anybody say. But as you know, Are you David, just saying that? Are you just saying that? No, I, you know, like, because I've had people come on the show and experts and talk about love and talk about relationships. I have never heard anyone put that the way that you phrased it ever in, in any setting. And I think that was beautifully said. And I wish that I had asked you this question just before that for the, for the purposes of what we do here every week, because as you know, I ask my guests one question every episode, and that's what's your biggest helping the one most important piece of information you want somebody to walk away with. If it was just what you said, that's awesome. If you've got something else that's profound you want to share, David, I'd love to hear it. Well, listen, I think, I think it's a world of people who think about what other people think before they think. But I think true uniqueness is actually to have your own thoughts and to be yourself. So the greatest advice I could give to anybody, including myself, is to be yourself because everybody else is taken. So don't look at what everyone else is doing. Go deep within yourself and just go be you. Be you. That's it. That's awesome. David, I love chatting with you. Where can people find out more about you? My website's daviddrebin.com and my Instagram is at daviddrebin. I also do TikTok. I love making videos on TikTok, daviddrebin.com. And I use Twitter as well for my thought process at daviddrebin. Perfect. And we will have everything David Drebin at the show notes at thedailyhelping.com if you were on the road or at the gym, but we got you covered. David, you are a cool dude. I've really enjoyed our time together. Thanks for spending time with us on The Daily Helping. Dr. Richard, thank you. Absolutely. And for those of you who tuned in today, thanks to each and every one of you as well. If you like what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 